Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, aka the Cricket Connoisseur, and joining me on my left for today's incredibly special episode of TCCP is none other than South Australia and Northamptonshire seam sensation, Jordan Buckingham. So Jordan, first things first, mate, great to have you here on the podcast for a chat about all things cricket and the wonderful world of county cricket. I've got to ask, mate, how's your day been so far? Very well, thank you, and thanks for having me on. I've heard um, heard a lot of good things about the podcast, so I'm very excited to to chat for the next half an hour or so. Yeah, it should be a wonderful chat, to be honest, mate. And yeah, looking forward to it myself. Always nice. So again, Aussie on the podcast, it's great to discuss the differences between the, the Sheffield Shield and the County Championship. So yeah, thoroughly looking forward to this one myself, mate. But before we jump the gun and we discuss first-class crickets and we maybe compare the differences between the two competitions... I wanted to take it all the way back to the origins of the Jordan Buckingham cricketing story. So where did it all begin, Jordan? What were your first ever memories of cricket, either playing or watching this simply sensational game? Yeah, I think um, like most, it was, it was of a very young age. And, and if you're an Australian um, kid, it, it seems to be Australian rules football in winter. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's um, yeah, sort of like Gaelic football in a way, but with, a, with an oval-shaped ball. Um, and cricket in the summer. So for me, it was, yeah, I just um, always juggled both of them and then got to an age where I was about 16 or 17 and, and wasn't going to get drafted. And it was always Australian rules football was a priority for me. I always enjoyed that a little bit more at a younger age. Um, but then realised that I was probably not good enough to go to go pro in that. Um, and then turned to cricket. I gave footy up and had probably three or four big pre-seasons before I really, I guess, burst onto the scene. Um I was always, you know, playing B grade at my local club in Craigieburn and then moved across to the Greenville Kangaroos as well. Um, so, yeah, I think um, for me, it was just the, the early memories of backyard cricket with my brother and my dad. Uh, my brother's a similar age to me as well, so it was always very competitive. I bet it was, and it always seems to be the case, doesn't it, in backyard cricket? It becomes like the Boxing Day test every single time you're out there. It's like, you know, <laughs> absolutely ridiculously competitive. And you mentioned AFL, yeah. actually, before we get into mm-hmm. the discussion about cricket, because... I have seen a previous interview that he did and obviously a massive yeah. AFL fan, obviously a very keen yeah. player back in the day as well. I've got to ask, who's your favourite AFL team? Because personally, I support the Sydney Swans. Yeah, that hurts because I'm a, I'm a Hawthorne footy club man and they're, oh. they're a big rival along with the Geelong Cats. Um, so yeah, that's not really music to my ears, but they're having a good year and I think they're going to they're gonna give it a rock come finals. They're probably my underdogs to, to go all the way this year, I think the Swans. Well, fingers crossed they do. As I said, I certainly wouldn't be complaining about that. But it, it's a wonderful sport, isn't it? Aussie rules. It is, and it? yeah. it's funny because obviously one of the most famous examples in recent years of those players doing a switch is Alex Carey. So he started yeah. off as a really keen AFL player and then has become an excellent cricketer, hasn't he? Funnily enough, for South yeah, Australia and Australia. I think he's the first first uh, sportsman in Australian history to captain an AFL footy side and to captain the Australian cricket team. And I'm not sure there'll be any more, to be honest. So that's a, yeah, I think it's a great effort. It's a great piece of trivia as well. That really is a wonderful fact, isn't yeah. it, for Alex Carey? That's something yeah. that will live with him for the rest of his life and probably the rest of the time. As you said, it probably won't happen again. Such is yeah. the the uniqueness of the situation that he's found himself in. But Yeah, very much so. One heck of a cricketer, isn't he, Alex Carey? Goodness me. One heck of a cricketer, sorry, and one heck of a person, to be honest, as well. He's... um. Mr. Nice Guy, he's, he's loved by everyone, um, just not the barbers in the UK. <laughs> Honestly, where did that come from? 
where did that story come from? I'd still love to know where the origin of that was. Yeah. Unbelievable rumor. Um, so not true. So not Alex. He, he'd be the type to actually say, can you double that? And I'll pay double just because it's a small business. And I'd love to help out. Um, so amazing that, that, that um, when I read it, I just, yeah, nothing but laughter, to be honest. Well, it, it was one of the funniest moments of the Ashes, to be honest, because <laughs> yeah. said, no one seems to know where on earth that came from. No idea at all either. Um, he, he didn't know either, but um, obviously could have been a journo over there just trying to um, make headlines, I guess. Yeah, stir things up for the Ashes, basically. Yeah, and absolutely. Obviously, it did its job because everyone started talking about it. But yeah. yeah, what a series that was. To be honest, Jordan, we can probably discuss that in due course. But just getting back on track to the, the early stages of your cricket journey then. So I'm guessing family would have played a massive influence. Those days in the backyard obviously have prepared you for the first class game now but in terms of the the wider world of cricket who were your idols your influences your role models in the professional game per se did you have any any kind of icons that you try to look up to in those formative years per se yeah it was always the australian fast bowling cartel so when i was of a really young age it was like your brett lee um glenn mcgrath jason gillespie and then into the pat cummins mitchell stark josh hazelwood era i was always a big hazelwood fan um and obviously Dizzy being my coach as well. So, and I've actually been compared to him in a few little things in terms of my action and whatnot. So for that to um, come about was was awesome. But the, the probably the one that um, probably might come as a bit of a surprise to some was Dale Stain. He was probably someone I watched really closely, um, whether it was on YouTube or whether he was playing live. Um, just love the way he went about and not just his bowling and his technique and everything like that, just his competitive nature and that just that still look in his eyes. Um, I try and carry that with me wherever, whenever I'm on the field as well. To be honest, mate, that is a great shout. Dale Stain, the Stain Gun, just the 439 test wickets for yeah. the South African seamer. One of the best to ever do it. One of the fastest mm-hmm. to ever do it. One of the fiercest to ever do it as yeah. well. And I've got to ask Jordan, what is your favourite ever spell or, or maybe delivery from Dale Stain? Because Nagpur in 2011 always stands out to me, but he had some cracking performances against the Aussies, didn't he? Yeah, I think yeah. In terms of a particular one, not I don't not one really comes to mind. It was definitely the spells against Australia. Um, I reckon they might have been. I don't I don't know if they beat us in a series over here, but they definitely beat us in a Test match or two. And and he played a massive role in that. Just the way he um, steamed in at the Wacker. Um, obviously, one of the fastest and bounciest wickets in the world. Um, to to watch that live was yeah, it was outstanding. I can imagine it was, and that was just a golden era, wasn't it, for seam bowling as well. As yeah. you mentioned, that Australian seam cartel, unbelievable. And and just mm-hmm. a follow-up question to that, because you mentioned Dale Stain, obviously, he would have been almost in a league of his own. But if you could have a net session with one of those Aussie seam bowlers that you mentioned before, I'm guessing you've already had plenty of nets with Jason Gillespie, so maybe let's yeah, just definitely. roll out Dizzy for the, for the time yeah. being. But <laughs> in terms of the other ones, so your Brett Lees, for example, all of those guys, who would you choose to have a dream net session with? Uh, probably Brett Lee, because I got a Christmas present early days um, off Santa at the time, and he organised um, he organised like a book, and it was a personalised book from Brett Lee. It was obviously like a made up fantasy thing, um, and it was and and then ever since then I just fell in love with him, and and obviously watching him steam in and bowl 150 k's and and bring out the chainsaw celebration helped a little bit, but um, yeah, I think I was introduced to him at a really young age, so definitely Bingo, I reckon. Fair play, a, a great shouts, and again, a fantastic bowler, one of the best yeah, to ever do it. Which I love, hundred percent. And actually, let's discuss that because 
you became a seam bowler. And I'm guessing that that was always going to be the case, given the fact that, yeah. you know, these were your idols, your Brett Lees, your Dale Staines, your Jason Gillespie's of the world. It seems as though that was always going to be the route. So I can't contemplate you becoming a spinner or a keeper per yeah. se. But in terms of seam bowling, what is it about this art form that drew you in in the first place? Why does Jordan Buckingham love the art of seam bowling? Uh, well, I always did it. Um, I'm six foot four as well. So in terms of that, I think it'll be a little bit of a waste of height if if I was something like a keeper or a batter. Um, probably enjoy the competitive nature. Enjoy the enjoy the chance to have a word to the batsman. Enjoy the chance to, to not rule the game, but to deliver the ball that the batsman has to react to. I think, you, I think everything starts with the bowler. Um, yeah, but I, I just love running, bowling fast, um, swinging the ball. So for me, from a young age, it was always my brother batted first, I bowled first. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoy the art of seam bowling and, and looking up to all them guys as well. I never really had a choice. Well, no, as we mentioned beforehand, it was a golden era, wasn't it, of seam bowling? There were so many incredible names to choose from. And you mentioned about your brother in the backyard. Was that a case of bowling out of choice or were you forced into it? Nah, it was always flip the bats, but he always got to pick and, and roofs always, always landed up. So um, he was always a bat first operator. It was a pretty flat wicket out there. So um, yeah, it was always for me, get the new ball in hand and, and try and pitch it up and swing it early, which I still try and do to this day. So, Well, it's useful, isn't it? To be honest, that's exactly what you want to do as a seam bowler, generate those nicks, those outside edges, that movement, always useful. And in terms of the art form itself, what is your favourite aspect of seam bowling then? Is it the competition? Is it the the way in which you can almost change the the face of a game with an in-swing in Yorker or those outswingers? What is it about seam bowling which almost motivates you to carry this this on day-to-day, Jordan? Yeah, I think if you ask anyone that that, that knows me really well over here, it's, it's, it's probably the competitive side of it. Um, I've sort of probably got a little bit of a white line fever and I've certainly overstepped the line a couple of times, but uh um i try and i try and draw that back in and i'm working on a few things at the moment to do that but um yeah just, as i said just being at the top of your mark being able to control what you can control and control the shot that the batsman plays um and there's nothing better when it's a nice overcast day which we had a few of in the uk um in swinging conditions and seeing the ball move around and watch them and watch the batter struggle is um is bloody awesome it certainly is, and again, I think it's a, a wonderful motivation, isn't it? It's the fact that you can make players look silly, and the fact that you can almost change the, the single course of, of a game. It's, it's incredible. I always compare seam bowlers to the rock and roll star of cricket, because mm-hmm. they are the guys that you, you almost have to watch, aren't they, in terms of those yeah, game-defining spells? doesn't always go that way, but um, more often than not, hopefully, you come out on top, and I like to think fast bowlers are a lot smarter than batters, so... <laughs> definitely from a bowler's perspective then yes that, definitely <laughs> yeah i say that as a bowler myself i'm a spinner six foot three spinner yep. so maybe there i am go. wasting my height to be honest but extra bounce extra bounce extra bounce extra bounce definitely Suleiman ben was a big one wasn't he what a bowler Suleiman ben from the west indies goodness me love watching him bowl but yeah, yeah he was a big man very very tall yep. Suleiman ben goodness me yeah, needs yeah, to do absolutely. a bit more growing to be his height, but yeah, yeah. as we said, extra bounce, get those wickets, jobs are good. Exactly but right. in terms of that white line fever, it's interesting actually, because I did have a follow-up question about that. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know what white line fever is, Jordan, can you just explain what that feeling is? Because so many fast bowlers get it, 
and it is when the competitive juices almost overflow in the heat of battle. But what is white line fever for those who maybe don't know what it is? Well, you've actually described it pretty well. It's just those um, those juices flowing through your body sometimes can be controlled, sometimes not controlled. Um, you always try and um, keep it in, in, obviously, definitely in a respectful manner, especially towards the opposition. But, um, yeah, it's almost just driving yourself to, to, to stay in the game, I guess, and to stay competitive. I, I, cricket can be a long day sometimes. So I think for me, when I'm bowling and, um, when, when I'm in the heat of the battle and when I can really feel that there's a chance that I'm on top of a batter or I can get on top of a batter, I think just anything to give me that extra edge. Um, yeah, so whether it's just my energy at the crease, um, whether it's my follow-through, don't have to say anything, it's just getting there up in their grill a little bit. Um, also in the field, like I love diving around. I, I expect guys to do it off me when I'm bowling, so... Um, I like to think I'm pretty agile on the field and, and, and sort of chase everything down and just, just little things like that um, that just give you a little bit of an edge over the, the opposition. And I guess at the end of the day, I hope that I come off the ground and my teammates say, geez, Geordie was fired up today or um, the opposition say, geez, that Buckingham, you know, had a bit about him. I think if I, if I get that sort of feedback, um, I'm really happy. I was going to say, does that almost feed the fire then? And motivate you on the cricket field because we, we see this all the time yeah. with same bowlers and uh, I can think of one of the best examples would be Mitchell Johnson because yeah, on absolutely. the field absolute menace off the yeah. field one of the nicest individuals probably in the entire game I've heard nothing but yeah. good things about him and yet in that 2013-14 yeah. Ashes he was literally the devil incarnate Brutal. yeah he, he, yeah. he really was I mean he was always giving it yeah. chat he had that exchange with Kevin Peterson didn't he and yeah. honestly he was hated over here in England, yeah. but in the years that followed, you realise, well, he's a completely different bloke off the field. In yeah. terms of that that white line fever, do you think that actually motivates you during a game of cricket then to almost produce your best performances? Definitely. I think it gives me the extra 10%. That's a lot, I like to describe it as that. Um, I think your skills will take you so far, but just staying in the contest and, and having that extra edge, um, it, it all goes a long way to, to hopefully being able to um, yeah, get the batter out and win the contest. It certainly does, and that's why I think a lot of seam bowlers almost employ that tactic, don't they? They fire themselves up in the heat of battle, and it does help you get the, the breakthroughs in the end. But we mentioned about controlling white line fever. It's very difficult, isn't it? Let's face it, because mm-hmm. you almost can't control it at times yeah. when those juices do overflow. Do you have any yeah. mechanisms or tactics to to maybe control it? Because one of the strangest ones in, in cricket history was Andre Nell. And he'd become Gunter, the mountain man. I'm not sure if you've heard about that, Jordan, but mm-hmm. it's one of the strangest no, things in the, the entirety of cricket. Yeah. Definitely recommend looking on Wikipedia for that. But yep. yeah, he, he would turn into Gunter, which would be yeah, okay. an alter ego, basically. Yeah. And that's how he'd try and get into the heat of battle. But personally yeah. speaking, how do you control it then in terms of those juices when they do overflow and you think maybe things are getting a bit too heated? How does Jordan Buckingham just rein himself in and you know, just maintain that even keel in the heat of battle per se? Yeah, I think um, both my coaches at club level now and at state level both understand how I operate. Um, so whether it's them walking around the boundary line in between overs and just having a little word and saying, what do you think's happening out there? Uh, and not so much saying you need to slow down or um, just pull it back a little bit. It's more just take my mind off off what's happening at the moment. But I... I work with a mindset coach over here, um, Dave Steventon, who who works at the Port Adelaide Footy Club as well, who are about to 
embark on on an AFL final series. And and we, we have a lot of discussions about breathing techniques and mechanisms like that. I've got a couple of cues. Um, you, you, you probably haven't seen it, but when I'm walking back to my mark, I like always shrug my right shoulder and try and get my shirt off my shoulder. And that's just like a cue to to just 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 click and and get back in the contest a little bit and not so much if if i've gone near overstepping the line if i said something i shouldn't have or um anything like that it's more just like a cue to to just to get back in the contest um so me they're probably the two but definitely breathing techniques between overs where i take four or five deep breaths at fine leg and i and i do like to switch off um in between balls as well so they're probably the two Fair enough. That's very interesting to hear that then, because yeah. that's come up on the podcast before. It is a very common one yep. in terms of breathing yep. techniques and just almost relaxing the body during yep. the game. And then once you're back and bowling, you know, it's it's all guns to the wall yep. again. So that's yeah, interesting absolutely. to hear. Uh, and you mentioned yep. there about Dale. The fact mm-hmm. is that uh, seam bowling is such a psychological art form, isn't it? At the same time, in particular, when things aren't going your way. So on a day, for example, when you are getting tonked about a bit, you're getting bashed to the boundary yep. and maybe things yeah. aren't going your way, you do need to calm down again and almost mm-hmm. change your psyche. So I was going to ask yeah. Jordan, when things don't go your way on a cricket mm-hmm. field, how do you maintain your composure then? Because it's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It can get very frustrating at times. Um, it's so important that you have good leaders and, and good coaching staff around. Um, and I think a good leader will recognise when, um, probably not to give you that extra over, or probably when to ask you to have a rest. But I think for me, it's more, um, as, well, as well as staying in the contest, it's definitely switching off between balls and between overs. Um, obviously staying engaged in the game and, and, and when you're in the field, especially. Um, yeah, but I just think that it's so important to, to remember that you can, have, you can have a bad five, you can have a bad six overs, but the beauty of being a fast bowler is you can come back and take two wickets and bring your team back into the game. Um, so I try and remind myself that um, no matter what's happening, no matter where you are, where you're at in the game, I think there's always a chance to to turn it around. And I like to pride myself on day three, day four, late late in the day sort of spells where certain quicks might be a little bit tired and and maybe down on pace. I, I like to think that that's a chance where you can catch batters off guard, you can catch teams off guard, and you can really open games up. Um, and there's probably been a few occasions where. I feel like I've relied on my fitness a little bit and the, and that mental and competitive edge to to come out and um and really turn the game. So that's probably yeah, they're probably some some cues that I that I use in those situations. Fair enough. I like that answer because as a bowler, you're always one ball away, aren't you, from that breakthrough, yeah, from that wicket, from changing a game. That's the great thing about being a bowler because all it takes is one mistake or one good ball, yep. and all of a sudden you can change yep. things around. So yeah, it's interesting Whereas to hear that. Are you- if that happens as a batter, yeah, your day or your game could be finished. So. Exactly. And that's the key thing because you're still in the game, aren't you? The fact is, yep. as a bowler, you can make a mistake. You can go back to your mark. You can bowl another ball. Next ball could be a wicket. Yep. As a batter, yep. you're right. You make one mistake, you're done. Potentially for the entire yep. game. It, it can yep. be very, very brutal at times, but that is why bowlers absolutely love their craft, isn't it? It's the fact that you're always in the game. You can always change the narrative. You can always change the trajectory of a game of cricket and... Yeah, that's why I really like bowling myself, to be honest. Obviously not to a very good standard, but I just think that it's, you know, it's it's fascinating. It's great to always be in that contest and and having that ability to to single-handedly change the narrative of a game of cricket. And talking Same of way. those spells, Jordan, 
I wanted to to discuss your first class career now because you've had some excellent spells over the course of your yeah. your blossoming first class career so far. So I suppose the best place to start would actually be with your Sheffield Shield debut, which took place in March 2022 at the Cam Rolton Oval in Adelaide. So just going back in time to that moment, to that day, to that game, what can you remember from your debut for South Australia? Uh, beautiful wicket. Um, it, it was a bold first wicket. I'm, I'm almost certain we won the toss and bowled first. It was a nice overcast day. Um, so I wasn't, I remember my first ball um, almost bowled off the pitch, I think. Like I, I slid um, in my spikes and I thought, geez, welcome to first class cricket. And the guy I was actually um, bowling to, he was on debut as well. So that was his first ball in first class cricket um, facing that delivery. But um, yeah, I think I chipped away. I didn't get a wicket in my first spell. Got my first wicket, um, caught first slip. Matthew Gilks caught Lehman bowled Buckingham, I think it was. So he tried to like guide one. It was actually a really nice ball and caught his outside edge and, and caught it first slip there. But um, yeah, I ended up getting three that day and one the next morning from memory, um, getting the ninth or eighth next morning and then uh, missed out on the um, the five on debut. But um, that was our first win in, I think, three years of Sheffield Shield cricket. So in terms of the game and, and the personal performance, couldn't have gone any better. It certainly could have. I mean, it was a fantastic performance. Four for 79 from 27 overs, as you mentioned, a a much needed win for South Australia as well, wasn't it? After some very, very difficult seasons in the Sheffield Shield, in particular over that COVID period. It just seemed as though, as you said, just couldn't get a win. And very impressed with the knowledge there, with that wicket of of Matt Jilks. That was (laughs) absolutely bang on. I don't think I'll ever forget that one. It was Jilks, Baxter Holt. Jack Edwards and Trent Copeland, I reckon. Spot on. The four. Yeah, there you go. Well and done. Good hat was, doing my hat job was actually for me. presented by there you go. Hat was actually presented by Frankie Worrell. Yeah, massive. Because he was another one um, when I first got to South Australia who sort of took me under his wing a little bit. Um, and to learn off him, he is an absolute genius. And, and some of the stuff he said to me, just like the little sentences and stuff, I think I will hold in good stead for almost a lifetime. So. No, he's um, yeah, he's a quality guy and a quality cricketer. Well, that's wonderful to hear. And he certainly is an excellent yeah. cricketer. Goodness me, we've seen that in county cricket for Surrey this season. Yeah. That yeah. man is a menace with a Duke's ball in hand. Goodness me. Yeah, he absolutely. gets nipping about all over the place. And yeah. just, just talking of the day and I suppose the, the emotions and the feelings, Jordan, obviously yeah. you're born in Victoria, but South Australia has had a massive role in your life, in yeah. particular now in your cricket journey. Mm-hmm. What were the feelings, what the emotions on that day, stepping out onto that field and representing one of the, the state sides? Because surely as an Australian cricketer at any level, that's one of the dreams, isn't it? Obviously, the baggy green beyond that is probably the ultimate goal. Yeah. But mm-hmm. state cricket, playing the Sheffield Shield, one of the most iconic and well-revered competitions in the entirety of the critting globe. How proud of a moment was that for you to go out there and make your debut and obviously perform so well? Goosebumps, actually, as you say it like that. It's um, South Australia gave me a chance that, that probably Victoria didn't end up giving me um, in my rookie season as well. So, I, to be fair, at the start of the season, I was probably nowhere near a debut, but um, I had a decent grade cricket season and there's a few guys that went down with injury and I think a couple of guys took leave as well. Um, so there was a few opportunities open up later in the season. Then we got a few guys back, so I thought, oh, might not be this season. Um, end up going okay we went, we actually won our great career grand final and then four days later made the the sheffield shield debut in terms of emotions just um overwhelming satisfaction to not only myself but my family who 
drove the kilometres, drove the hours, drove the across states to to give me a chance to play professional cricket. Um, supported my move. Um, so yeah, to, probably it was yeah it was um, yeah it was a pretty special time for me. I can imagine it was. I mean, it would yeah. be for any cricketer, isn't it? Because uh, again. Yeah. It's a massive thing, isn't it? Representing one of the first-class teams is the ultimate goal for a lot of cricketers. And actually, we haven't really discussed this, but I did allude to it beforehand, and you've just mentioned it there in the segment, Jordan. But born in Victoria, but playing for South Australia. So how did that move actually come about in the first place? We haven't actually touched upon that, but when did that move transpire, per se? Yeah, so basically I would have been 19 or 20 at the time, um, potentially even 21, and... I sort of wasn't getting looking in Victoria. Um, they just they contracted about three or four young quicks in front of me. Um, so I sort of there was there was um, I guess that was a bit of a, a friendly reminder to maybe to potentially look elsewhere. Um, I didn't do anything really. I, I just kept going about it, playing great cricket in Victoria. I had a decent season there. Ended up finishing top ten in the Ryder Medal, which is like the competition medal. Um, South Australia recruiters had come over twice and watched me. Little little did I know. Um, had a phone call at the end of the season saying we're keen to get you over on a on a two-year rookie deal, um, which which is just like each state has three or four rookie players that are on minimum wage and and they sort of um, get fed into the program slowly. I think it's pretty similar in county cricket as well. Um, and, yeah, obviously jumped at it. That, and, yeah, fr- from there I haven't looked back, to be honest. I, I signed a three-year extension last year here. I absolutely love the place, love the city. Um so yeah, very, very, very grateful for Dizzy and and Sean Williams at the time to give me that chance, and now to um, to be living it and playing um, first class on a hopefully con- consistent basis was um, yeah something I'm certainly dreamt of. Well, to be honest, Jordan, you deserve it. You really do because you've worked very hard. Obviously, in grey cricket, you've toiled away for years, mm-hmm. and here's yeah. the opportunity presenting itself now. It's the dream, isn't it? Let's face it. I mean, goodness me, what a special thing to represent one of those state sides and. South Australia, obviously in the past, incredibly successful. A very, very successful team in the Sheffield Shield yeah, and, of course, in the Marsh One Day Cup as well. So, yeah, yeah not many better teams to, to represent, to be honest, than the Red Backs. And in terms of that, that phone call, in terms of getting that contract, what were the emotions like on that day? Because given all of the toil, given all the, the hours of, of hard work, the, the cliché blood, sweat and tears, what was that like receiving that phone call, receiving that contract? and almost realising the, the cricket dream for the first time. A few tears, to be honest, um, especially for mum and dad. They, they'd watched behind the scenes how hard I worked, um, sort of gave up all sports and, and threw everything into cricket. So, um, yeah, we sort of had a bit of a moment in the kitchen. I remember they, um, they printed off the contract, got a little photo with it. Um, yeah, just, yeah, satisfaction, definitely. Um, not so much relief because I, I realised that the hard work was about to start. A um, little bit of nerves, obviously, moving state. It's only an hour plane right away, but I'm still moving away from... I've got no family at all over here. Um, so, yeah, definitely a little bit nervous there, but I'm so excited for the opportunity. And, yeah, I was just, yeah, bloody grateful, to be honest. I'm not surprised, to be honest. And, again, we've not really spoke about Adelaide as a city, but what a gorgeous yeah. place to play Beautiful. cricket. Goodness me, you, you get to play at one of the most iconic venues, not just in Australian cricket, but arguably world cricket, which yeah. obviously as well as an AFL venue, so nice tie yeah. in there. But in yeah, addition absolutely. to that, the outgrounds as well are gorgeous, aren't they? The Karen Rolton Oval is yeah. a, a brilliant venue. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, beautiful wicket too, beautiful ground. I think it was actually um, 
Karen Bolton was actually built for women's cricket and then um, we sort of share it a little bit now. So it's slightly on the smaller side of being a fast bowler. It sort of runs downhill both ways, so it's never ideal. But um, as you said, there's four or five grounds of that complex there and they're all beautiful, lush outfields, beautiful wickets. So very lucky over here because it's it's traditionally outside of the two the two main grounds it's traditionally known as a, as a bat, bat friendly state usually a lot of grey wickets are pretty flat and small grounds but Adelaide Oval and Karen Rolton are both beautiful wickets and that always helps doesn't it as a bowler when there's a little bit of extra in the surface for you and absolutely yeah just two incredible venues as I said South Australia as a state really is just gorgeous isn't it and obviously with the river as well crikey what a place yeah goodness me lucky lucky for some isn't it <laughs> like, yeah so I that's my stars every day, to be honest. Absolutely. And, and to be honest, Jordan, as we've said, though, you deserved it. You know, it's it's not out of nowhere. It comes from all that toil, all the hard work in the in the years prior. And we, we've spoken already about the, your debut, taking those those figures of four for 79. And that would have been a tremendously special day. But would you say that has been the highlight of your time at South Australia so far? Or has something surpassed it in the year or so that's followed? Yeah, probably. That's my only um, Sheffield Shield win with South Australia. So in terms of um, main highlight, debut, went okay, got a win. Um, yeah, certainly certainly probably is um, my yeah my main sort of memory of cricket over here. But we also won two great career grand finals in, in that in that year as well with West Torrens, who I played the full season for. So um Played alongside Daniel Drew, Kelvin Smith, Spencer Johnson, who's lining up in the UK at the moment, um, and also coached by Mark Harrity, who's a former first-class player, played played for Australia, I think, there, and Australia A, definitely. So, um, yeah, they're probably two of the main highlights in South Australia at the moment. But in terms of playing for South Australia, that's um, that's certainly my, yeah, something I look back on and um, tend to go and watch every now and then as well. As you should. No better way to start your career, is it? Basically, four wickets and a win. That feeling in the rooms, yeah, just after a debut win is, um, yeah, will never be beaten, I don't think. It is very tough to to surpass that, to be honest, unless you yeah. win a trophy. If you're to unless win the Sheffield we, Shield. Yeah, yeah I, think that, I think that might top it off just. <laughs> yeah, because that's been some years, hasn't it, since, since South Australia did lift the Sheffield yeah, Shield, obviously. 25, I reckon, around 24 or 25 years, I think. Yeah, must have been. It must have been. It would have yeah. been late 90s, wouldn't it? Late 90s, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Because in the modern era, it's just been dominated by Western Australia and and Queensland, doesn't it? And New South Wales. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, wishing South Australia all the best of luck, Jordan. We'll wait and see. Who knows, in a few years' time, could be the next big dynasty in Australian cricket. It's a funny sport, isn't it? I think we're heading in that direction. We've got a good list at the moment. Um, We had a bit of turnover there a couple of years ago, but um, I think we've got a great list at the moment, especially good fast bowling units. So I think we're going to bowl a lot of sides out this year. And of course, you got the secret weapon, or or maybe the not so secret weapon in in Travis Hess, who is yeah. quite the cricketer, he's isn't pretty, he? He's pretty he's pretty good, that guy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say decent. Might might have played a few <laughs> test matches for Australia. Might have uh, had a few memorable knocks in recent years. Yeah. But yeah, very exciting time for cricket in South Australia, and obviously we'll be Definitely. keeping a close eye on that over the course of the winter in the Sheffield Shield. And you mentioned beforehand, very briefly, Australia A. Because, Jordan, before we discuss your time at North Ants, we have to discuss that moment representing Australia A. Because in terms of performances, again, this probably is is your most memorable to date, isn't it? Six for 58 on Australia A debut against New Zealand in April 2023. So in terms of that call-up, 
when did you first find out that you're going to be representing Australia, right? Yeah, it's not long, not that long ago when you say it like that. Um, it's, not, it? it's a few a months, couple, four months no. ago. I actually had a um, Sunday morning call about 8am from George Bailey and I was just having a swim, doing a little bit of recovery. Um, we had a session the day before um, and I missed it. I screened it. I didn't, didn't have the number, obviously. Um, so got out, got the voicemail. And he said, oh, it's George Bailey just ringing to um, give you a little bit of news. So I thought, oh, geez, what could this be? Because I wasn't aware of the, the A tour at the time. Um, so I called him back straight, absolutely straight away and said, sorry, Mr. Call. Explained that I had a big session yesterday. Um, and I was just doing a little bit of bit of pool recovery the, the next morning. And, um, yeah, he sort of said that um, you're on the tour at, um, to play New Zealand in two four-day games with Duke's Bulls in, in April. So I said, yeah, bloody oath, because... Um, New Zealand, Duke's ball, overcast, green, greenish wickets. Um, I said, yeah, that'd be that'd be an awesome way to start, hopefully. So, um, yeah, sort of went from there and then got over there, had a few training sessions the day before and um, I missed the first game, got overlooked, ran water in the first game, um, then got brought in for the second game and, and, and went pretty well. So I was very lucky. Yeah, certainly went very well. Six for 58. Um, not bad figures, are they? And you made them first class five or so. Yeah. In terms of that moment, again, they're always incredibly special for bowlers, but in particular to do it for Australia, eh? There's not many better places to do it, is there? Because that is basically the next step before going on to play for Australia, isn't it? You're putting yourself in the shop window yeah. for selection for that baggy green. So, again, in terms of that game, in terms of that moment, how, how proud was that to, to lift that ball up and and claim your first of a five-wicket haul in professional cricket. Yeah, certainly very proud. Um, once again, sort of like the moment I received my contract, it was a little bit of um, not so much satisfaction, but relief that I'd also had two forfeits before that. And I, um, after both of them, I thought, geez, am I ever going to get a five-wicket haul in first-class cricket? So um, to get the sort of the monkey off the back there was really nice. But just one of those days where we all bowled really well and things things met, went uh, went my way. I think I got the first six wickets and then took the catch for the seventh one. And George was actually walking around the boundary and he jokingly said, you should have dropped that, mate, because you run for 10 fast. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, as I said, it was just one of those days where the boys bowled well from both ends. I got the rewards. Someone could have quite easily got the rewards. Um, but, yeah, extremely happy, extremely satisfied in a way. But... Um, yeah, to, to, to obviously, to top it off with a win would have been nice. We got rained off on the last day, but um, yeah, good occasion to do it, as you said. Not not many better platforms, are there, than doing it for Australia, eh? And yeah, certainly puts a lot of teams on on notice. And, and one of those teams, I imagine, would have been Northamptonshire, because even though we are the County Cricket Podcast, we've not really discussed your time in County Cricket so far, Jordan, as has yeah. been, well, quite incredible journey that you've been on in, in such a short space of time, but... Obviously, the next chapter was Northamptonshire and representing the East Midlands County in the county championship. So in terms of that opportunity, how did that materialise in the first place? Did you miss the phone call from, from John Sadler or did you did you manage to pick <laughs> that one up? Sads, what a great man. No, I had a, um, I had a call from my manager one night and he just said there's a couple of, um, a couple of things come up. One that... Um, yeah, there's a county cricket side that's that's really interested in you. Um, initially, there was a little bit of interest from a few counties, I think, but they were all for about six games, um, coming off a big season here. And then obviously obviously the four-day game in New Zealand as well. I was not cooked, but I was getting towards the point where I was going to enjoy a few weeks off there, even a couple of months. Um, but they come with a, 
um, just a little bit of a shorter contract there. So I sort of said it's pretty much an opportunity that I can't knock back. Um, it, was, it was certainly a dream of mine to get over to the UK and play professional cricket. So to um, to head over with North Hans, uh, thoroughly enjoyed my time over there. So I couldn't, um, couldn't be more grateful for that opportunity. And um, I still watch to this day the lads in the Metro Bank One Day Cup at the moment. They're, they were going okay early days. So Yeah, what a competition. There, but absolutely. What a competition. What a county as well. Northamptonshire County Cricket Club. And you mentioned there about the opportunity, Jordan. You came in for Lance Morris, if I'm not mistaken, yep. because he got injured, unfortunately, didn't he? But yep. again, three matches. What an opportunity again to play county cricket. And in yep. terms of your debut, what can you remember from your debut for Northampton? Because again, I'm guessing... That would have been another very proud moment. It's the first time that you've played crickets for a professional team outside of Australia. So what was that like, stepping out onto the field in, in Taunton back in May? Yeah, that, out in uh, sunny Taunton against the mighty Somerset Cricket Club. Um, a couple of things I remember was first over went for about 10 or 12 and I thought, gee, welcome to county cricket. And then went out as night watchman to face Leachie. Um, had a couple of balls to get through there. Um day one or day two night and then had a little bit of a not an exchange but had words with Craig Overton as well when I was batting and he was bowling and I was already not having um not having fun facing his bumper barrage out there and then um we had, we had a little bit of a, a verbal exchange as well so um definitely some fond memories from that game we ended up hanging on for a draw there um Sarah Whiteman batted us pretty batted pretty much for a day and a half there and got a 150, 160 not out, I think it was in the end, and, and saved the game. But um, certainly some fond memories out at, out at Taunton. Um, I do believe it's the, the fastest scoring 2020 ground in world cricket as well, and I can see why. <laughs> yeah, very, very small boundaries, aren't they, in Taunton, yeah, with an absolutely. absolute beauty of a batting wicket. It is where the, yeah, the highest wicket. ever T20 blast score was, was scored last go. year. That, that, against... might be, um, that might be the stat there. And I think John Wick was also there. The, the actor for John Wick was also in the crowd. So that was a, that was another memory from that game. Keanu Reeves was there? Yes. Yeah, he was in the crowd, apparently. What? Yeah. So uh, they, showed him on the, they showed him on the big screen a couple of times. Keanu Reeves back... was at Somerset versus Northamptonshire. Yeah, I remember walking back to my mark and looking at the screen. I, was, I asked one of the boys, Who, who's this bloke? And they, they explained. I said, oh, wow. Unbelievable! I was never told that. Yeah, so that was um, yeah, that was yeah. There's definitely a, a few things from um that game that I that I remember. That one, that one's a very fun one. I, I bet it is. Flipping egg, I didn't realise that. You know, honestly, I was never expecting to hear the words Keanu Reeves and the Cooper Associates County Ground in the in the same sentence ever. But there we go. <laughs> there you go. That's county cricket. <laughs> That's yeah, why absolutely. we love this sport. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. And in terms of that debut and those three matches, Jordan, what do you say was your highlight from your time with East Midlands County? Was there one particular match or one particular performance which stood out to you among the others, per se? Uh, yeah, probably the knock from Sam White. And personally, um, probably didn't have a great time over there in terms of wickets. I, I felt like just three games in terms of adjusting. I felt like it was going to take one or two games to adjust just to the wickets, the length to bowl, um, the fields to set. Like there's no such thing as a gully in the UK, which is a, which is a obviously a pretty important fielding position. You would have seen Cam Green take some hangers over here in that position. So um, yeah, probably in terms of performance, there wasn't a lot. There was a, there was a spell I bowled against uh, Knotts. Um, I think it was like day one or day two night where I had the ball going around corners. I think I only got the one wicket in that time, but had a couple of drop catches and 
and really, really felt at home in county cricket. But um, yeah, probably that knock from Sam Whiteman to mentally, physically, emotionally to bat for a day and a half and save the game in in a, in uh, in a pretty important game early in the season um, for North Hans was something that I admired and I was batting with him for 50 or 60 balls there and um, just his composure and, and how calm he was, was um, yeah, certainly something that um, that we did celebrate in the rooms afterwards because that was a, yeah, it was a serious knock. It really was. It was a cracking knock from Sam Whiteman and yeah. great memory as well, Jordan, in terms of the, the deliveries face, 66, 17 from 66 yeah, there you go. Yeah. To, be, to be exact. So yeah. fair play. Right, and... 50, 56 were at my head as well. And the other 10 were from Leachy. <laughs> So didn't get didn't get a break out there. No, I mean that that's just how it is at times, though, isn't it? Cricket can be a very volatile place, and obviously yeah. with Somerset and Craig Overton, he is known for that. So yeah, yeah that is obviously no, part it was all uh, it was all it was all um, it was all friendly in the end, but it was um, it sort of got me a little, uh, back into the contest a little bit because I tend to switch off, especially after facing a few balls as a tail end batter. You you sort of think where can I hit my next six? So. Um, Sort of um, made me think that I don't I don't want to get out to him there because it was um it was actually yeah it was all in, it was all in good fun and Peter Siddle was out there as well who I who I know pretty well from um, Big Bash and everything over here so he's um he's a great guy and it was good to good to face some quality bowlers out there in him Overton and Jack Leach as well. Well, exactly, all of them international quality, aren't they? All the play Test yeah, cricket. Absolutely. Peter Siddle, famous for taking yeah. a hat trick on his birthday against England. So yeah. <laughs> again, what yeah. what a trio to face in, in yep. your first ever county championship match. And in terms of the, the differences, because I, I did mention this right at the start of the podcast, but you mentioned about adjusting to the different lines, the lengths, and obviously the field placements yep. in England. Very, very different to South Australia, isn't it? Let's face it, yeah, so to the Taunton and, and Wanted Road, right? Very different yeah, to yeah, anything yeah, you'll certainly. face in Australia. Yep. How difficult did you find it to adapt and adjust? Because three games is not a long time at all, is it? As you said... It does take at least a game, if not a couple, to really hit your stride. So, how did you find the the differences, and how did it compare to your to your experiences in in Sheffield Shield cricket? Yes, I, I think the main difference being a fast bowler was the slower wickets. Um, probably need to bowl a little bit further in the UK, and I found that out probably two games in, and and started to hit my straps, and then all of a sudden it was um, my time over over there. But yeah, I think the wickets aren't as aren't as fast and aren't as bouncy. Um, the ball also runs away with the, the wickets going across the whole ground there. So, um, yeah, in terms of skill-wise and bowling-wise, yeah, just that ability to pitch the ball up and have faith that um, you're not going to get hit back the ground, bowling at a hit back down the ground, sorry, bowling in length that you probably would in Australia. Um, yeah, in terms of standard-wise, I think um, quite similar, to be honest. I, the, the only thing I'll say is there's probably only what is there, six or seven teams over here compared to many counties over there. So I think if you squashed all that into six or seven and you went like an east, west, north, south or um, almost like what they do in the 100 and just make them county sides, I think the standard would be, um, if not better, just as good. So I personally, like obviously I'm going to be biased to Sheffield Shield Cricket and I I think the standard over here is awesome, but there's also um, completely different bowlers over there, completely different batters, completely different wickets. So... I think it's really hard to compare um, the two competitions, but um, obviously playing playing in both, um, yeah, it's, it's a privilege, that's for sure. It absolutely is. And as I said, I was just interested because you've played both. And I, yeah. I do always ask that question. And 
obviously there's different challenges, there's different predicaments, aren't there? And obviously in England, you'll also have things that go your way a bit more. So, for example, with the yeah. Dukes ball, in overcast conditions, yeah. it will swing a lot more yeah. than a Kookaburra, yeah. which does get soft a lot quicker. So I was yeah. just interested to find out the the differences between the two, but yeah. it's good to hear that the, the standard you felt was, was yeah. excellent. And yeah. in terms I of... Think fast, oh, go on. I think your fast, fast bowlers over here um, could certainly get found out in English conditions with the lack of pace, but then if you've got your, your, your sort of your swing medium pace bowlers over here, they might get found over here on, on fast wickets. So I think it goes both ways, to be honest. I think it's, yeah, it is really hard to compare um, because... I could I could almost go as far as saying the English bowlers are a little bit more skillful than us because we've got a lot of pace and bounce on our side. So sometimes we don't have to swing it as far. We don't have to nip it as far. But over there, um, wickets are quite slow and the keeper and slips are quite close. So you've got to um, you've got to be a little bit crafty with the ball. So definitely, um, definitely two sides to the argument. That's for sure. Absolutely, and and that's what's interesting, isn't it? The fact that we can make the comparisons between the two and also yeah. learn from the two. Because that's the important thing, isn't it? The fact is you're learning to different conditions, a different ball, different situations, different field placements. I find it absolutely fascinating. And in terms of your time with North Ants Jordan, how would you describe your experiences with the East Midlands County? Because even though it was a very short but sweet stint, wasn't it? Three matches, yeah. not exactly yeah. like a full season, for example, but still enough to, to get a taste of county cricket and a taste of that dressing room. How would you describe your experiences? with Northamptonshire County Cricket Club in the 2023 County Championship? Yeah, awesome. I think we're, um, it's pretty obvious when, when I was there and and at the moment, they're probably not getting the results they deserve. I think Sad's the man in charge, Chris Little, the bowling coach. There's so many good guys involved around the club. Um, got such a good young young crop of kids as well. Got, got along with like your Alex Russells and your James Sales and your Harry Goldstons really, really well. Um, so yeah, my experience there was was awesome, and and I'd go back in a heartbeat to be honest. I think, um, in terms of the guys over there, in terms of the coaching standards, in terms of the cricket, um, yeah, absolutely nothing bad to say about the place or, or yeah, or all the cricket there. So um, yeah, absolutely loved my time there. Loved it. Well, that is music to my ears, to be honest, Jordan. It's great to hear yeah. such a, a glowing endorsement from your time at Northamptonshire. And in terms of the future. Obviously, this will be the, the concluding segment of the podcast as we discuss the future, yep. but I'm guessing you want to return to county cricket then, based off of those experiences, based off your time at North Ants. Is a return to county cricket very much on your radar heading into 2024? Absolutely. I feel like I've got a lot to give over there still. Um, I feel like I've got a little taste of conditions and, and I'd be certainly hungry in the next few years to get back and um and help a team help lead a team to victories and and take a few wickets for sure i think it's um uk is such a beautiful place um great opportunity to play cricket in our off season as well so yeah for me it's um yeah i'd definitely love to get back there well fingers crossed that you do mate because as i said it is it's great to see isn't it the fact that you do get an opportunity to come over here test out your skills in different conditions and yeah, from what I've seen in the Sheffield Shield, definitely a, a very good seam bowler in the making, I reckon. So, yeah, we'll wait and see, won't we? Whether it's North Ants for a different county. Jordan yep, Buckingham absolutely. back in county cricket. Let's see it in 2024 and the years that follow. And talking of the years that follow, Jordan, just to wrap up what's been a fascinating episode of the podcast. What are your future aspirations in the game of cricket? Because I'm guessing Australia is the absolute ultimate, the baggy green. It's yep. what everybody wants. But... In terms of your individual aspirations and obviously your team aspirations 
with yeah. South Australia. What does Jordan Buckingham want to achieve heading into the rest of 2023 and the years that follow? Yeah, I think it's every kid's dream to, to wear the baggy green and it's certainly mine and they got got a small taste of it in the Australian A set up, but to get that real one one day would um yeah, most certainly be not the end goal, but something that um yeah will be pretty high on the bucket list, I think. And, and probably just to win titles and to win shields and, and, and yeah, to win trophies. I think um team success brings brings good individual cricket. Um contribute in any way possible. I, I couldn't care if I got zero wickets or eight wickets in the final um to wearing that medal around your neck would um yeah certainly be the, the ultimate goal of mine whether it's playing for australia whether it's playing for south australia whether it's playing for my local grade club um i think yeah just yeah team success and and winning is, is such such a fun fun thing to be a part of well jordan it goes without saying but obviously myself and everybody associated with the council cricket podcast are wishing yourself and south australia all the very best of luck heading into the rest of 2023 and the years that follow. As I said, from, from what I've seen of your cricket, there's a lot of promise there. So, for example, the Australia A performances, the Sheffield Shield performances, I've been very impressed, mate. So, obviously wishing you all the very best of luck. Fingers crossed, no injuries as well, as is part and parcel of the game, in particular with seeing bowlers. It does happen, but Definitely. if you stay healthy, goodness me, I think the future does look very bright for South Australia's Jordan Buckingham. And obviously wishing you the best of luck for the for the upcoming Australia A Tour as well which will be very, very interesting as well against New Zealand's first match in Brisbane on the 28th of August. We'll be yep. keeping a very, very close eye on that indeed. But that does bring us to an end to what's been an incredibly interesting episode of the Cows Cricket Podcast. As if I haven't made it obvious enough, I've absolutely loved it, to be honest, Jordan. So thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to have a chat about all things cricket with you today, mate. But just before we do wrap up today's proceedings and bring an end, to today's recording do you have anything to plug or promote any social media channels websites businesses anything like that just the west Coast career club uh, my boys over here so they have had a good couple of years we missed out last year won the flag the year before so hopefully this year's the um this year's the year again um the less they see me the better for me i guess because that means i'm playing for south australia but um either way yeah um love to get back there love getting down there so um yeah the mighty eagles <laughs> big up West Torrens then what a lovely way Absolutely. to wrap up the podcast then with a shout out for the West Torrens Eagles but yeah that is essentially it from us two here at the Council Cricket Podcast for today's episode to each and every single one of you wonderful listeners out there thank you ever so much for tuning in and as always guys we'll see you on the next one